Good morning, everyone. Happy Mother's Day. My name is Shauna, and I am the Children and Family Ministries Director here at Fort City Church. I am so excited to share with you guys today. God can redeem any story. Now, I know that that's a very bold claim, but it's one I believe because it's one I have lived. And many of you have also lived that. I would love to share my story with you. When I look back at the year 2016 on the surface, I see a pretty garbage year. I bet some of you might have those same sentiments about your 2016. I know for my family, we experienced a wildfire with an 11-week evacuation and the unexpected passing of my father-in-law, followed just a few days later by the passing of my grandpa. We had one funeral days before Christmas and another just a few days after. It sucked. But that's not the whole story, and if that's all I choose to see, I'm cheating myself of experiencing the love and providence of God our Father. That 11-week evacuation meant that we got to spend extra time together as a family with my father-in-law. We ended up having two extra visits that we otherwise would not have had. In November of 2016, my in-laws moved, and the way things worked out, we ended up making a 900-kilometer trip back to Saskatchewan to help them, with a three-year-old and a five-year-old in tow. And then the very next weekend, Tim made another trip back by himself to help with the rest. Now, I would love to tell you all how saintly I was during this whole process, how I was channeling my inner Mary Poppins, but truth be told, I was pretty irritated at having to go. 3,600 kilometers of driving in two weeks was not convenient, and there is definitely no Mary Poppins in here. Those weekends turned out to be the last time we got to see Hugh, and I am so grateful for those. Some really amazing memories were made in those last two trips. God can redeem any story. The timing of the funerals meant that we had time to be together as a family and grieve. Because it was Christmas, vacation time had been booked. The time was already set aside. Funerals are never fun, and in my experience, they are much less fun at Christmas. But when I look back, I can't think of a better time for everything to have happened. God can redeem any story. I'm not saying that these things weren't hard. They were absolutely hard. And in the middle of the hard times, you don't always get to see the big picture and how it will work out in the end. Psalm 121 verses 1 and 2 says, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We can find peace and encouragement in knowing that God has a plan and he can redeem any story. Now, I may be speaking for all three of us sharing today. I am really looking forward to seeing what God has planned for this story we're in right now. What stories do you have in your life that you're waiting for God to redeem? Maybe you're in the middle of some very hard times. Hey, COVID. Maybe, you've have, maybe you have a past that you regret. Maybe you feel unworthy. Maybe you're struggling to forgive someone who has wronged you. Romans 8.28 says, 
We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. He appointed them to be saved in keeping with his purpose. In all things. God works for the good in all things for those who love him. God wants to do that. He wants this for you. He can do this in you. If you will let him, God will take your struggles and he will use them to draw you closer to him. Your story is still being written, but that doesn't mean it can't be changed because God can redeem your story. Good morning, I'm Emily. I'm Children and Families Associate Director. As we celebrate Mother's Day, I think it's important to recognize that today can be hard for many people. As social media has evolved, the day has turned from being this private celebration of mothers and families to a very public display of affection and attention. News feeds are filled with pictures and beautiful sentiments. For instance, hashtag best mom ever, my kids are amazing, hashtag won the family lottery. The reality is that for some, the day holds a constant reminder of grief or pain, of loss or dysfunction. And so in light of that fact, I thought I would share a story. It's a story of a woman whose name is Bonnie, and she is my mom. She was born into a farming family in rural Iowa. She was the second child in a family of eight children. After high school, she went on to college and got her Bachelor's of Arts and also minored in foreign languages. It was after college she met a young, handsome, backwoods boy from Wisconsin. They fell in love, they got married, and had five children. I happened to be the middle child of those five kids. As the kids grew, my mom started seeing some things she wasn't happy with in the education system at the time. She wanted something better for her children, so she proceeded to be one of the first homeschooling parents in the state of Wisconsin. Beyond homeschooling five kids, she and my dad also realized the almighty American dream and started their own business. She managed the office and dad did the heavy labor. She was a visionary. What do you think about this, she'd say, and suddenly ideas became realities. When my youngest brother turned three, it became alarmingly apparent that something wasn't right with his health. It was quickly determined that he had a kidney disorder that was making him very sick. The treatment to manage his condition was heavy steroid doses, and mom was not a fan of such treatment. There has to be a better way, she said, and off she and dad went to go in search of an alternate method of treatment. One such treatment was that of removing all processed foods and all salt and sugar from my brother's diet. So I want to pause here for a minute and give just a little perspective into this. It was the early 1990s. Jello, Kool-Aid, cream soups, hot dogs, and Cool Whip were mainstays in the American diet. There was no cookbook to follow or Pinterest to consult when it came to this new way of eating. So true to form, Mom did her own thing. We're all gonna do this, she'd say, and off she'd go, learning as she went. Living in the years of her new cooking style was a true adventure. 
you never knew what you were going to get, and it was never the same thing twice. So the saying among us kids was, enjoy it, because you're never going to get it again. But it's a challenge to school and raise five kids, run your own business and have a sick child too. Money was scarce and quality resources were in short supply. Despite the challenges, mom gave us opportunities to experience the world in our own way. She read us Shakespeare and great classic novels. Music was playing almost constantly. Concertos, operas, choral selections. Her favorites were the old time hymns. So our music class consisted of gathering around the piano to sing the old songs of faith. Rise and shine and give God the glory, she'd say. And that's how we would start the day. When I look back at my mom, I'm reminded of the story of Daniel in the Old Testament. Daniel faced a multitude of challenges in his life. Captivity, persecution, loss of the right to pray and worship as he'd always done. He was even thrown to the lions at one point, but he never once forgot who was in control of his life. He never wavered in his commitment to worship his God. And on his darkest days, Daniel was not afraid. He fell on his knees before God, he prayed, he gave thanks, and he worshiped. And that was what I saw in my mom, an unwavering faith and confidence in her God in spite of what was going on around her. But as with most individuals who are gifted with a different way of seeing the world, mom was also faced with her own set of challenges. Due to circumstances that were never fully disclosed to us, mom had an inability to be truly open on a deeper emotional level. She often seemed closed off and distant. Now don't get me wrong, that woman loved her children deeply. She prayed for us daily and we were very well cared for but we were never what you would call close. And so the year I turned 17, our world changed. They think it's cancer, she said. And so off she went in true Bonnie style. She decided to do things differently. The independent thinker, the trendsetter, well, she was in fine form. She approached her cancer treatment in the same way she'd always approached challenges in her life in her own way, in her own time, with God by her side. I would love to tell you that this story ends in a miraculous earthly healing, that relationships were brought closer and the family unit remained untouched, but that was not to be. On a cold day in January, mom left the rolling hills of Wisconsin for the beautiful streets of heaven. She was 54. At the time, I was so angry with her. There was so much left unsaid. There was so much left undone. I wanted nothing more than to have some resolution and some sort of closure, but mom was never able to give that. And so, so much of what was left behind was anger and pain. But time and marriage and motherhood have all given me new insight and perspective into my relationship with my mom. I find I have more empathy and grace for her as years go by, and I've forgiven her for her faults. You see, back then, people never really talked about the challenges that come from having a seriously ill child. 
They didn't really talk about the mental and physical strain of having financial stresses and the pressure of having to provide for a larger family. They don't talk about how being a strong leader who does things differently than the crowd is often a very lonely road. Not to mention never talking about the aspect of having some sort of trauma take place in your childhood. And so while this story doesn't have the ending I would have chosen, it doesn't end in sadness. My sweet mom raised five strong, wonderful children who each have an active faith in the same God that she did. She has 17 grandchildren. And we are who we are today, largely in part to the strong faith and influence of our mom. So today, if you approach Mother's Day full of emotions, and if it dredges up memories you'd rather forget, or pain and grief that kick you in the gut, just let me take a minute and say a few things. First, I see you. I see you. Second, don't do this alone. Don't go at this alone. Don't let the mistakes of a past generation continue to trap you into keeping your pain and your struggle silent. Hey, if the past year of isolating and quarantining has taught us anything, it's that community is so, so important. So in whatever aspect you feel safe, find your community. Also, if you see someone else who finds Mother's Day hard, I just encourage you to reach out to them because we need each other. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says, encourage one another and build each other up. And we need this now more than ever. And third, look to God and to his word. Daniel did what he had always done. He fixed his eyes on God even when it was dark, even when fear threatened to overwhelm him. He worshiped a God who had shown up for him time and time again. No matter what circumstances Daniel faced, he responded by doing what he'd always done. He worshiped his God. So today, when we want to pull in and away from everyone and everything, I encourage you just to lean into the arms of a father who loves you. My name is Adrian, and I am the communications director here at Fort City. Now, God has taught me a lot through my family over the years, but one memory stands out in particular. Now, have you ever said something really dumb that came back to bite you? Or, as the old saying goes, never say never. Well, you said never, and that never ended up happening, because I have. <laughs> and I have a very specific moment that glares in my memory. My friend asked me one day, what do you think about adopting a child? And I said, well, I think you either have to have biological children or adopted children, but not both because you, wouldn't, you would have different love for your kids. You wouldn't love them the same. Oh man, what a ridiculously ignorant statement. <laughs> and thankfully, about five years after saying that, God gave me the opportunity to experience motherhood from both biology and adoption. 
And I can tell you that the love I have for my children is not different because of how they came to me. I have overflowing love for both of them, but it's not because of anything I have done. Motherhood aside, as people, when we love someone else, we are reflecting God. We are each made in the image of God, and any love we have for another person does not originate within us, but with the one who created us, who loves us, with the one who is love. 1 John 4 says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. God is love. Now, Jesus follower or not, that love indwells within you, and it is a gift from God. And as Jesus followers, not only do we have that love within us, we have the opportunity to access his deep flowing love, and we can return to him and his love time and time again. And you know what I think of when I think of Mother's Day? Airports. And I don't really think I am alone. Here in Fort McMurray, it's more common than not that we do not have family close by. Our moms are somewhere else. You know, pre-pandemic, they would fly in to visit us or to help us with the kids when we needed it. Or we would pack all of our kids up, fly multiple hours with these beautiful, monstrous children to see our moms waiting by baggage claim at the bottom of the escalator. As parents, we would arrive covered in spit-up and smelling like diapers and stained with whatever processed snack foods we had bribed them to sit, sit on the airplane with, eagerly taking our kids, handing them over to our parents. Please take these children. <laughs> this year, though, ugh, this year, it's different. We are missing seeing our mothers, and it's hard. It's hard on the heart, but worse, we have to take care of our parents' grandchildren, and that's hard. Their grandchildren are wild and demanding. <laughs> oh. But another reason I think of airports on Mother's Day is I was able to wrap my arms around my youngest for the first time in an airport. At the time, he was four years old. We were both scared and unsure, but he was gracious with me and to me as I cried with joy and kissed him and hugged him. And in a very specific moment, as we got on a moving sidewalk in a crowded airport in Brussels, I felt God say to me, this is how I love you. You are my child. And I'll remember that moment forever. It was beautiful. However, I quickly got things wrong. <laughs> I quickly learned that apples and grapes were wrong food choices, that he liked to wear two hats at once, not one hat, and he liked to pull the suitcase by himself. You know, we just don't always get it right. I didn't always get it right. And I'm really glad that as people, we don't always have to get it right. That God allows us to say really dumb, ignorant things to our friends, and then he redeems them. 
I'm really glad that God changes my nevers to yeses. And I'm really glad that God still loves me no matter how I get off the airplane, no matter how I come to him. God still loves me when I arrive to him with spit up in my hair, covered in snacks, frustrated with my kids, or when I come to him as a new anxious parent, not knowing how best to love my children, or when I come to him as a child, letting him love me in the places that my parents may have got it wrong. It's not too late to come to him or to come back to him again. Today, Mother's Day 2021, could be the day that you decide to come to Jesus and to accept the love he has for you. Or the day that you accept his love once again. God loves you no matter how you get off that airplane. No matter how you come to him. Let me remind you of the words that God spoke to me on that moving sidewalk in that crowded airport. This is how I love you. You are my child. This is how he loves you. You are his child. You can come to him today. In Romans it says, who shall, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Maybe believe and accept this love deeply today, so much so that we have enough love left to give to the next person coming off of the airplane. Let's pray together. Jesus, we come to you today recognizing that you are the source of love, that we are made in your image, and we are thankful for you. And Jesus, today, if we're coming to you for the first time, we just pray together that, Jesus, you have our lives. And God, as we come to you once again, we just ask that you would fill us with this love to overflowing, and we pray that you would give us chances to show our children, our families, and the people around us the love that you have so given us. God, may you move within us today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.